read this scripture into your heart. And so I want you to either just stay standing or seated just in the spirit with me and get ready to receive what God has for you today. But I want to read this to you as we always do. And then I want you to get ready to jot down, write down, prepare for what the Lord is going to download in your spirit. Okay? So let's get ready. In, in 2 Kings chapter 5, 2 Kings chapter 5, it should be below me in the screen, should be somewhere on here. I want you to get ready to tune in. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go, everybody say go, and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord and worship his God, the Lord of his God, and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Avena and the, far, the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him. Thank God for good people in our life. My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. And he returned to the man of God and he and all his aides and came and stood before him. The reason he says that he and all his aides is because they all were about to agree with this same statement. He said, indeed, now I know and I hope somebody knows today that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Now, therefore, please take this gift from your servant. Lord, in Jesus name, I thank Thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And I pray that you would bless this time that we have together. Thank you for the baptisms that are taking place today. Thank you for the lives that are being changed. Thank you for the washing away of the old and the bringing of the new. Thank you for making us clean. Thank you, God, for touching our life. Thank you for meeting us right in our homes, in our jobs, in our cars, wherever we may be, whatever city and state we may be located in. God, you are with us. And we thank you that there is no other God except the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, Lord, the God of Israel, Yahweh, Jehovah, Jireh, El Elyon, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Amasia. Lord, we thank you, God. Lord, that you are the God. You are the Christ. And we thank you, God. I pray that you would meet us here today. Speak a word into our lives. And Lord, that you would cover us with your grace and your mercy and lord anoint me for the word that you have for me to speak today help me to flow with your holy spirit and to complete the assignment for which you have me on in jesus name all god's people said amen, amen. let's give god some praise give god some praise before you're seated why don't you find three different things items pets whatever you can give it a big high five and say it's time to get clean baby you may be seated. Message us on Facebook for your worship journals. We're going to have April soon. Uh, we're going to have our new worship journals not too long from now. 
uh, when, they, we, when they do come out, I'll let you know about them. And then we also have our gifts for all of our guests. So if you're just tuning in to us uh, and you're just tuning into this sermon and you haven't heard yet, we want you to text us or message us or even email us at info at wearebridge.church uh, to let us know your information so that we can connect you to your new church family. We're so thankful you're tuning in. We're so thankful for all the wonderful home churches that are popping up everywhere. And we're thankful that it's all across our city. We just did something I've never even heard of. Any of you saints ever heard of that? You ever heard of baptisms just happening in every home simultaneously at the same time on the same day with hundreds of people doing it? Come on. That's God. He ordained this such a time. And he pushed us out. He, we had a provoking moment that he pushed us out of here. And I want to talk to you about this story about Naaman. Everybody say Naaman. Naaman uh, was a, a, a commander in the army of Syria to the king. And he was an honorable man. He was a great man in the eyes of his master. But he had leprosy. And he was a leper. And lepers had a stigma. And a lot of people thought that lepers... Uh, had the judgment of God on them, and, and they were pushed out of their homes, and they were pushed out of their neighborhoods eventually. And then the next form was to cover themselves in bandages, and, and they would continue to cover their whole body uh, as they became even more unclean. And they, they even had to, if someone was coming near them as they were pushed out of their homes and villages and they were in isolation, if someone even coming close their direction, they had to shout, unclean, unclean, so that people would stay away from them. So they had to declare that they were unclean. And then on top of that, they would be confined into regions, what they would call regions of the dead. So as this leprosy would become worse in somebody's life, it would continue to force them further into isolation in their life. And so pretty soon they'd just be alone, scraping on their scabs and, and feeling like there was no hope, like there, there, was no, there was no direction in their life and there's no peace in their life. There's no healing coming in their life. And this was a good man. Uh, the, the, this commander, Naaman, had beaten multiple armies. This, this was a great commander. And he wasn't just a great commander. He was an honorable man that the Bible talks about. And being an honorable man, honorable so much that they invaded Israel and they plundered Israel. They took some captives. And in this story, one of the captives that they took was a little girl. I want you to write that down, a little girl, unnamed little girl. And this little girl even saw the affliction of Naaman and still loved Naaman and had an affection towards Naaman enough to say, I know that there is a prophet in Israel that can heal him. And this little girl, I want you to, somebody's going to get a revelation here. This little girl who everybody, who is a captive, this little girl is the one who shared the testimony. This little girl that was unknown and unnamed was the one who changed history. If it wasn't for the little girl in the story, then he wouldn't have had skin like a little child, the Bible says, because he says it twice. Remember, I taught about it a long time, not a long time ago, but a little while ago, that usually the physical descriptions of somebody would uh, uh, speak to uh, a spiritual direction and attribute of them. The Bible was talking about this little girl because it's even in the little things and the people who feel the, the smallest and most insignificant that make the biggest changes because it was just a little girl who said, I know that there's a bomb in Gilead. Oh, I'm going to preach, people. I, I know that there's a healer. I know that there's a great physician. I know that there's a man. I don't know what you're going through, but I know who you can go to, and I know who can touch you, and I know what God can do for you. 
all right now. Every person that is online right now, you have diminished your purpose. You have belittled your potential. And right now, I want you to share this post because even the littlest can make the biggest changes. Even the difference between good and God is just one letter. And God spoke to me this. It's just the smallest changes. Oh, it's just the smallest changes that make the biggest differences. It was just one letter that turns it from a good idea to a God idea. It's just one little change, one little girl, one little share, one little moment, one little word that says, I know who you need to be with. I know who your answer is. I know who Jesus is. I know what you need. And at the moment you stop minimalizing who you are and who God created you to be, you'll become the healing agent for people who are enemies soon to become allies. Because see, he was an enemy of Israel but because of the process that God was about to take them on, he soon became an ally. I think that more people need to win people to your side of the table rather than making the table longer so you don't have to be closer. You need to go ahead and try to win somebody to your side instead of blaming they're on the other side. Instead of casting dispersion on somebody and anger and hate and bitterness and judgment, you are, you, that'll wear you out. You need to start speaking love and healing over somebody because usually if somebody's hurting you, it's because they're hurting too. And you need to speak a healing over them. The reason, remember, he's attacking them, and she spoke healing over him. It just took a little girl. I could preach the whole message on this one point right here. The little girl did it all. And that's why he says, and he became, his skin became like a little child. Isn't that what God calls us to be? Like a Oh, I'm going to say it again so to you. Shout it in your home like a whoo. Somebody catch a revelation on understanding that you can be the greatest changing agent in the world even if you feel the smallest. And it's usually the person who feels the least in the room that makes the biggest impact in the room. Because it's the people we don't hear from enough that we want to hear from more. It's the people who don't say enough that need to say more. It's the people who don't do it because they're afraid to do it that we want them to do more. Because there's usually quality within them that is not in others who constantly do too much. Oh, I'm about pre it, you, have to be, uh, you have to be in a place where you refrain and you become the person who says, I'm going to be quality over quantity every day. And I don't mind being small because when I use my potential, it will be powerful. And we don't hear from her again. We don't hear about her. We don't even know her name. But all we know is she's just a little girl. And all you little girls who are streaming today into every home, and you have dreams of changing the world. My little Adelaide, who's coming next year, I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to every little girl. I'm speaking to every little girl who said, you can only be this. Who people told you, you can only be that. Only go this far. Only be so great. Only because. No, 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 no. Take the limits off, baby. You're going to be all that God created you to be beautifully, fearfully, and wonderfully made. A Proverbs 31 woman who becomes like the great women, the, the matriarchs of the Bible, who, who changed the course of history. You are phenomenal. And right here, the Bible tells you so. Right? Isn't that what the little song says? 
So the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. It, you may think you're weak, but that's good. Because when you're finally not prideful enough to admit that you're too, that you can be weak, then he can be strength. But as long as you are strength, he cannot be strong for you. So when you become little in his arms, then you go ahead and become great to the world. Uh, I, I, that's powerful. I'm not even in the meat of this. I told you, I'm my priest for two hours. So it, we see this little girl just share just a word. She shares one word and says, hey, I, I know someone who can help you. And then he hears of it, so he goes to his king. And when he goes to his king, his king doesn't want to lose him to leprosy and ostracize him. So his king says, yes, I want you to get, and look at verse 8, I want you to get the gold. I want you to get the silver. I want you to get, he says, 10 changes of clothing. Why would he bring 10 changes of clothing? They're right down the street, brother. They're right down the road. Why would he get 10 changes? Because this man was going with expectation that the clothes he used to wear weren't going to be what he wore anymore. That the, He came with great expectation to say, you know what? I'm bringing gold. I'm bringing silver. I'm bringing all I need. My king has, par has wrote a, a letter for me. I'm going with an expectation that what I used to deal with, I won't deal with anymore. That there's something new that I'm walking into. There's a new dimension that I'm going to step into. To, that Israel, the God of Israel, I feel like has something greater for me than I've ever experienced. And I feel like if, you ought, if you're bold enough to pray for something, you ought to prepare enough to expect something. You ought to pack enough. I'm going to say it like that. How much are you packing right now? And I'm not talking about guns, packing that gun. I, I'm talking, how much are you, how are you expecting God to work this mess for your miracle? How are you expecting, how are you packing to expect God to turn things around for you that nothing will ever be the same ever again? Because God wants to do it. But are, what, are, what are you doing about it? Because he's already, I think that's one of the reasons why God healed him. Otherwise, I don't think we'd hear about this story. I think that one of the reasons God healed him is not just to demonstrate the power of God and him working through Elisha. But I think it's also to demonstrate he saw the heart of Naaman. And he saw that Naaman was a man of excellence who came with expectation. And I think God, our God, I don't think, I know our God is a God who expects expectation from his creation. Because his, expe his expectation is all the sons and daughters ought to worship and cry out to God, lest the rocks cry out. All the earth, the Bible says, groans and waits for the sons and daughters to lift up the name of Jesus, to shout with the voice of praise, to become all that God. They have an If the earth has an expectation of who you are, why don't you have an expectation for who you are? Why don't you have an expectation for who God is in your life? And yet we continue to live in this lack of expectation of just whatever, you know, maybe it'll happen. And with this old school Christianity, I hope the old way of Christianity dies during this coronavirus. Well, if the Lord wills it, then it'll happen, brother. 
What kind of garbage is that? You ought to pray like it depends on God, work like it depends on you, and do everything you can in the meantime to not remain motionless, but get your butt in gear and start gathering some resources to say, I know God's going to bless me so much that he's going to take care of me that I'm getting ready to bless him back. Because I'm not waiting for God to bless me to bless him. I'm getting ready to bless God because I know that God will do something great. Even Naaman, he was an unsaved he wasn't connected. He wasn't uncircumcised. He wasn't a man of covenant with God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This was a Gentile. This is a Philistine. This is a Syrian. This is a man who was not connected. But even he knew what God was real and what God was not. Even he was under the influence to understand where true power lies. Because he was a man of power and authority. So he knew authority. Just like the centurion in the New Testament, he knew authority. He said, Jesus, just send your word. This man knew what authority and power looked like. Therefore, when he even had the glimpse of looking into what real power through a little girl looked like, he knew he was about to walk into real authority. And so he could see it coming. And so he prepares. So she says, go to the prophet. He says, I'm going to bring everything. King of Syria, will you write me a letter to the king of Israel so I can go there? They go to the king of Israel first. Oh, no, let me say that again. You th- you, you're, you're checking out on me. Check in with me. Because we said, we read, he, that, that he was told to go see who? The prophet, Elijah. But he gets all the gold. He gets a letter from the king. And who does he go see first? He goes and sees the king of Israel. Why did he go to the king of Israel? Because he was used to operating in man's authority, not God's authority. He was used to going to, I'm going to go somewhere really deep. He's used to going to the government for aid and not to God for help. So he was used to calling upon every, uh, every part of man to help him instead of every part of God to help him. So he was already accustomed in the wrong traditions of things to where he went to the palace before he went to the prophet. He went the wrong direction. He took the wrong step. He saw the shiny gold. He thought, of course, this gold, this must be the man because the Elisha prophet lived in a shack. And he one lady had to make him a room because she thought he was so poor. This man didn't have a lot, so he went to the palace first. Well, obviously, this is the man who's going to tell Elisha what to do. So I'll just start here. And that's not how it works. Some of us are so used to, we, we've created a, a function in our life to going to all the wrong sources first. Let me just tell you, I, I, I think uh, if I can be a little bit speaking to this political mess that's going on right now, uh, I, I think that it's wonderful if we see unity and harmony between both sides and everybody, and I think it's wonderful if we see people turning their hearts to God. I think it's going to be wonderful if there is some kind of aid that can help businesses, small businesses, and people all across the nation. Uh, But let me just ask you a thought-provoking question. When was the last time the government gave anything with no strings attached? (laughs) Just, Just my point is be weary because my God doesn't work you like a puppet. There are people who will try to do that. The enemy wants to get you on some strings and turn in you like he wants to. But God says, oh, you can come. Because what happens, let me just tell you, what happens is he heals him, right? There we go. We just ruined the story. Gave you the end. But he heals him, right? 
He heals him, and then he says, let me give something to you. Let me bless you. And Elisha says, no, I don't want anything. Lest man get credit. You're not doing that. We're not going to give the flesh credit. You don't give me a thing. Don't give me anything. That's, that is God. God says, I want to heal you because I love you. I want to touch your life because you mean the world to me. That's why I sent my son. You mean everything to me. You are the apple of my eye, the point of my affection, and I want to heal you with no strings attached. Somebody give God some praise right there because I serve a God who doesn't work me like a puppet master, but he gives to me freely. The Bible says so freely you've given, so freely so freely you've received, so freely you give. No strings attached. Somebody write that down. No strings attached. No strings attached. And I encourage you. That's why Proverbs teaches us the wisest man outside of Jesus to ever set foot on this earth, Solomon. He says, why are you amazed when the governments of men fail you? The only reason there was ever a king established on this earth is because man wanted a king. But God said, I don't want you to have a, a man as a king. I want to be your king. That's why he declares himself in Psalms 136, I am the king of kings. I am. And God wants to heal you today. He was an honorable man. He had everything going for him. He had a family. He had friends. He had all this good stuff. He was a commander of the army. He was incredibly talented and skilled. But he had one area. He was a leopard that plagued him and tried to destroy him and tried to keep him from his highest and greatest potential. And God says, I want to heal that area. What area in your life is plaguing you right now? Is it COVID? Is it corona? Is it finances? Is it in your marriage? Is it in your kids? What area plagues you? Because I want to heal heal you with no strings attached. I know you're coming with expectation. That's what makes me happy because I'm going to make you keep it all and I'm going to bless you anyway and I'm not going to take from you but I'm going to give to you because I so loved you. I gave and that's what I want to do for you because I love you and I want to give. And so then after the king of Israel gets mad because he thinks it's a, it's a fight. He thinks he's picking a fight. Because when you go to the wrong people, they're going to assume the wrong things. Because when they give with strings attached, they're assuming that there are strings attached to what's happening. So this man thought there was another method because he thought there was manipulation in it. The king of Israel did. So, of course, he reflects and thinks they're manipulating, too, because man will always do that. Man will, will reflect his worst traits and qualities upon other men before recognizing and admitting it's his fault to begin with. And see, Jesus wants to turn the script around and say, I want to heal your issues before you talk about other people's issues. Oh, I'm going to pray right now. You, Before you ever set foot in a church again, when we are allowed to have church, I pray you let go of offenses. You let go and forgive. You let go and love. You quit judging people. You quit condemning people. You quit casting dispersion and division on people. And you start winning people to your side of the table, baby. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, give him some good praise wherever you're at. And so he flips the script, and he says, okay, I, I, I want you to go to the prophet now. So he goes to the prophet, and when he goes to the prophet instead of the palace, which is the right place he needed to be, he's, he's outside of the prophet Elisha's door, on his chariot, with his armed personnel. P picture this. And 
they knock on the door and, and he says, come out. And Elijah sends a servant out of the, doesn't he, Elijah never even goes outside the door, never even peeks through the window, never even yells outside the door. He whispers to his servant, his servant goes to this man, he dis, totally disrespects him and lets him sit there on his horse and says, just go tell him to do this. Something real simple. Something real simple. He says, just go bathe. Go bathe in the Jordan seven times. Go in the Jordan. Just dip seven times. You'll be good. And he was enraged because it was too simple. All of us are looking for this complicated, figured out, weird thing that only you know get to get a corner on how to heal, how to deliver, how to say. If you can get this thing and it's, my, and it's something complicated that not everybody can figure out, but you're smart enough to figure out, then maybe you'll do it. And we're looking for the silver bullet to fix our life that's so, myth, that's so mythological. We don't even know if we'll ever be able to find it, but God makes everything so simple. And he says, all I need you to do is stop trying to complicate and mess everything up. And I want you to just go dip in the river. I want you to just go dip. Just go jump in the river, baby. Jump in the river. Somebody say jump in the river. Jump in seven times. And he's mad because he says, aren't our rivers better than your rivers? And then now he starts to get arrogant and prideful. These aren't even good rivers. This isn't even a good, we're baptizing our kid with a hose? What are we doing? We start to judge the means by which God wants to heal you. And we think it should look differently. We think it should sound differently. We think it should feel differently. And because it's not the way we want it to be, then we judge it and prejudge it so much so that we don't even, we don't even try or attempt to step into our healing because we become so prideful and arrogant. Oh, I'm not, well, that, that's kind of a bridge church? Landon Merrill? Who is he? The Jordan? What's that? What kind of, aren't they like a small church? Don't they only see like so many in the concrete? I mean, who are they? Like, isn't that a, why would I become a part? See, because we start prejudging things when God is calling you to be a part of things and calling you to do something. You don't feel like doing it, but he's calling you to do it because it looks outside of the ordinary of what you thought it should be. And so I encourage you to change your perspective and start being ready to say, God, what do you want me to do? Because it's going to look different than what I want to do. And I'm going to have to do something different in order to get different results. And I'm going to have to step into new rivers that I never thought I'd step in. And you're going to have to step into some new rivers this year. And you're going to have to do some new things. You have to let your pride go and your arrogance go and your vanity go. And you're going to have to let go of your fear and your anger. You're going you're gonna to have to stop being dismissive. Oh, COVID, corona, nothing. It's nothing. nothing. This is just garbage. This is stupid. It's just, well, what am I doing? What are we doing here? Why are we messing? Come on, we don't need to do that. And we just dismiss. And we become dismissive about all the right things instead of the wrong things. And be careful because now you've, you've become the judge and jury for what is good for you and what is not good for you, what you will do and what you won't do. And that's a dangerous place to live in. You need to allow God to speak to you some new direction with some new rivers, 
some new rivers to step in, some new rivers to bathe in. Yeah, you know what? The Jordan, it's not clear. It's a little dirty. And you know what? It's muddy and mucky, and it's not pretty. But, it, man, it's powerful because God is going to use the ugly. God is going to use the unlikely. God is going to use the unequipped. God is going to use the untalented. God is going to use those things that you dismiss as foolishness. He's going to confound the wise with them. He is going to do the impossible with the dirty stuff. He is going to flip the script on you so that all of a sudden where you can look at a pastor and say, he's not that polished, he's not that old, man, it's not even that big of a church. How, why? And we, we try to dismiss, but God says, that's exactly why I'm using them. Because God wants to use that little dirty Jordan River because nobody else thinks it's worth anything. But he knows its value, just like he knows your value. And so he says, go and dip. And so then his servants have to convince him. So I want you to write this down. Who's, who's around me to tell me what I need? Who's going to tell me what I need to hear when I don't want to hear it? Who's going to tell me no? Who's, who's bold enough in my life to say, you're an idiot, bro. You need to go back there. And if he'd have asked you to do something great, you'd have done it. But he's asking you to do the stupidest little thing, and you won't even do it. And, it you, and the thought is, the result could be a healing of leprosy, which there is no healing for. And you're not even willing to do the simple things. What did I say about the smallest changes, the littlest changes? If you just do the simplest change, if you just start praying in your house every day, if you just start reading your Bible out, loud every day, if you just start worshiping every day, if you just start buying into the right things, because what he did is he sold out on the wrong things and he bought into the wrong mentality. So he sold out on his own, on what God wanted, and he bought into what his flesh wanted, and now he sold out on the wrong stuff, bought into the wrong stuff. He is all mixed up, turned up sideways, and won't get his healing, but luckily somebody is there to flip the script on him and tell him, you need to stop selling the wrong, the right stuff, and you start selling the wrong stuff and start buying into the right stuff because God wants to do that for you let me just ask you what are you what are you buying into a lot of people are talking about stock market right now and buying and selling most people are bailing out you know bailing out on it bailing out on investing bailing out on saving bailing out on all this and we're not buying you know God at one point told the children of Israel before they went into captivity and with Babylon, they ought to buy the land. It was confusing because what God is going to do is God is going to help you buy into all the right things. And for the right timing and the right place with the right people because all of a sudden you're going to reap a greater return than you ever thought when you start buying into the right things and selling out on the wrong things because I think we've sold out on all the wrong things so far or all the right stuff we should have bought into and we're buying into all the wrong stuff right now. Do you hear where I'm going with this? I don't want to confuse you but I want you to hear me because we've sold out on people getting extravagant in their worship. We, we, we just wrote it off. We said we sold out the book of Acts. Oh, that's no good. We're, we're in a political world today. We can't talk about the gifts of tongues. We can't talk about prophecy. We can't talk about discerning of spirits. We can't. We got to sell out on that stuff. We got to sell out on worship. We got to sell out on, on people waving their hands and jumping and dancing in the church and giving God glory and shouting. We, we got to sell out on that because that's not the age we live in. 
and we've sold out on, on the healings of God, the miracles of God, the divine providence of God. We've sold out on all the wrong stuff, and we need to turn the script around, and we need to buy back into it. I need to buy back into a praise. I need to buy back into a worship. I need to buy back into dancing. I, I, I know as our church has grown, people are like, hey, be careful. You want to be, you want to ride the line a little bit, so that way you don't offend people and lose people. You'll never lose the right people when you're doing the right thing, but you'll lose all the wrong people when you're doing the right thing. And I'm not worried about losing the wrong people. I'm worried about losing the right people because I want to buy into the right things. I want to buy into worship. Excuse us for our shouts of praise. Excuse us for how powerful and loud our praise is because it's the sound of freedom, baby. It's the sound of healing. I'm buying back in to the power of God. I'm buying back in to speaking about the Holy Ghost. We've opted out of talking about the Holy Ghost in church. And he says, this is why I'm pouring out my spirit. And yet we've bought, we've sold out. We need it. What are you buying into? Are you buying back into the flesh and what you want? And selling out on what he wants? Or are you buying back in to who God is in your life? Oh, we don't want to preach too strong because if you preach too much on repentance and you preach too much on, on people having to get their life together, you know, if you, if you buy into that stuff, you're going to lose a church. You're going to preach to a small church, Pastor. I don't know about you, but every Sunday we've ever had, the church has continued to grow because we preach the power of the resurrected Jesus. We preach repentance. We preach the Holy Ghost. We preach salvation by Jesus Christ alone. We, it's not popular to preach only go to, only going to heaven through Jesus. Jesus, but I'm not buying in to what the world says. I'm buying in that there is no other name for which we can be saved by. And his name is Jesus. It's not Muhammad. It's not Allah. It's not Buddha. It's not anybody else. I'm buying back in, baby. I'm buying back in to who Jesus is. I'm buying back into revival. I'm buying back into the gifts of the spirit. I'm buying back into worship. I'm not going to sell out. Oh, Sit down wherever you are. You're going to get me preaching and fired up. I'm telling you, you ought to buy back in. He almost sold out on his healing. But he had somebody who said, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why? What are you doing? Don't, don't run away. Don't walk away. Don't sell out now. You've come this far. Buy back in. Buy back in. Buy back in. And then he went down and dipped. And after he dipped, his flesh became like a little child. And he was clean. And, it, and guess what? He went back to the prophet's house excited he said there is no other god in earth he didn't say no there's no other god in, in syria he said there is no other god in the earth except for your god of abraham isaac and jacob his name is yahweh his name is jehovah his name is el elyon his name is my redeemer he is my savior he is my friend he is my father he is my comforter his name is jesus christ and i give him all praise and we 
man, he shouted it. He talked about it. He praised about it. And he became a totally different man. Like I preached last Sunday when the woman danced so much before the, uh, the man of God. She was dancing. They thought she was a, a drunk woman. And, 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 and you know what? I love that because all the people who like to be reserved and timid in your worship because you're just quiet. You don't move a lot. You don't shout. You're reserved because you're so sophisticated or you're such a contemplator. Bull crap. When, when I hear this and I watch every single person who ever felt the touch of God in their life respond extravagantly, respond with worship. They shouted, they danced, they worshiped God, they gave it all they had, and they said, there is no other God except for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we call his name Jesus Christ. That's the kind of worship and response God is looking for because Naaman was changed forever. Naaman was healed. Naaman wasn't going to be a leopard anymore. Oh, let me preach just a little bit further. Come preach a little bit further. Who will give me five more minutes? I want to preach a little bit further because I've got to hit this major point that God gave me. He was never the same. He was never the same. No, no, no. He was a leopard afflicted by a plague. Afflicted by a disease. By a virus. And when he was delivered from it, he was never the same. Oh, no, no, no. See, some of us think when this is over. Well, are, are some of, who's my preachers out there? When this is over, I can't wait till things go back. Help me now to the way they used to be. But things cannot go back to the way they used to be. You cannot come to church like you used to come to church. You cannot serve God like you used to serve God. You cannot go back to the way, because there are some things in our past. There are some things that we used to operate in. There are some ways that we used to live in that should not come through this, that need to die with this, cannot make it through this, it needs to be washed away in the river. And when we come through this, oh, no, baby, I'm not going back. I'm brand new. Come on, shout. I'm never going back. Come on, shout it again. I'm never going back. Come on, shout it one more time. I'm never going back. We're never going back to the way things used to be because that's what man wants us to do is just go back to having church like we used to have it. Oh, just stay in your building. Oh, no, no, no. You church, stay in your place. Let the government tell you how to operate. Oh, no, no, no. You can't talk about that because that's politically incorrect to talk about homosexuality or genders in the United States or around this nation because we don't need to hear what God says. That's not correct. No, no. Those things have to die. And I'm not going to allow them to come through this because I need to speak truth into the people of God. I need to speak conviction into those who need Jesus. I need to speak a declaration and a proclamation of who God is and to the top of my lungs say we are never going back we are going to be different come on church wherever you are lift up a shout of praise lift up a shout of praise lift up a shout of praise oh stay standing stay standing stay standing wherever you are 
Th those baptisms represent I'm never going back. This message isn't just another cute message that you can watch and be entertained with how much Pastor Landon yells and gets excited and you just comment, oh, I love how passionate your pastor is. Don't ever tell me that unless you tell me, oh, I love the passion, brother. You keep it up because I'm right there with you. Don't come up to be passive with my passion because you need to be passionate too. You need to be on fire for God. You need to be activated in your faith. And I am not going to allow you to be around me and never be activated with me because I can't carry dead weight. I'm sorry, that's harsh. I know that's tough for a Sunday morning. But I, I know I, I have to say it because I love you. And I want you to hear what you need to hear rather than what you want to hear. And we won't be a church who shies away. We're going to be a church that stands our ground. We're going to be a church that buys into the right things and sells on the wrong things. I, I'm not going to buy into, that's the title of my message today, selling and buying. I didn't even give it to you to the very end. Selling and buying. You want to know why? Probably because you wouldn't have gotten it till the very end anyway. But I wanted to tell you that because you, I want you to burn this in your memory. What you buy into, you give authority to. Oh, I'm going to say it one more time. What you buy into, you give authority to. What you sell, you then release. So if I sell out on the wrong things, I release the wrong things in my life. But if I buy into the right things, oh, then I give authority for all the right things to happen in my life. And I want all the, all the good stuff. I want all the right stuff. I want all the God stuff to happen in my life. Because there is a God somewhere. And I know that he lives and dwells and has his being in my life, in this earth, and through all creation. Because his Holy Spirit has been poured out. And we can now declare as sons and daughters of the Most High God that we are bought in with a price. Come on, somebody. God is faithful. I'm bought in. Come on, shout it. I'm bought in. Somebody shout, I'm bought in. And I hope that there are thousands who tune in to this message. And th this goes hopefully viral because I don't think that this is... Now, again, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be popular. I, I want to be purposeful. Popularity won't help us. It's purposeful power that will help us. And, and I'm not just saying that so it's easy to... I'm saying that because there's so much truth in that. The reason that Jesus had so much... Jesus had power because he had purpose. Of course, he is the God in the flesh. But he had power through his purpose. And when you operate in your purpose, you have power. And I'm not trying to be popular. So back to what I want this to happen. I pray this goes viral. And I hope so because there's going to be purpose that brings power to bring a transformation that we so desperately need. And it's going to be in our nation, in our state, and around the world that this, maybe it's not even through this pastor and this church. Maybe there are multiple pastors that end up preaching the same message, which it's funny how much that happens. And I hope there's thousands of pastors preaching the same word today because God is the one who spoke it. So we're just the vessel. So then the, the whole world begins to transform because we need to not go back. We cannot go back as a nation. We cannot go back as a body of believers. 
We cannot go back as a kingdom of God. We cannot go back. We must move forward. And that means selling out on the wrong things and buying into the right things. And I hope you do that today. I want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes wherever you are. Lord, in Jesus' name, in all authority and power in heaven and earth, speaking and flowing through me, I pray right now, God, Lord, that there would be a revival in our nation, a revival in our state, a revival in the world that transforms the literal atmosphere around us, that things don't look the same when we come back. They don't sound the same when we come back. They don't feel the same when we come back. It's a whole new level of revival. And I thank you, God, that revival is breaking out in Jesus' name across all of your earth. And I thank you that there is no other God in this earth except for you. And I thank you, God, that we will give you glory, honor, and praise. And right now, we're turning. We're turning and we're selling out on all the wrong garbage in our life. And we're going to release that. And we're buying into all the right things in our life. We're buying into the God things in our life. We're buying back into the book of Acts. We're buying back into worship. We're buying back into praise. We're buying back into dancing before the Lord like David danced. We're buying back into worship. We're buying back into the Holy Ghost. We're buying back into miracles, signs, and wonders. We're buying back into the speaking in tongues. We're buying back into the gifts of the Spirit. We're buying back, Lord. And I thank you, God, that we will not sell out. We will buy into the kingdom. And I thank you, God, Lord, that we will advance the kingdom of God because we are bought with a price and we are able to buy in because we were already paid for. And I thank you, God, that there are many online right now. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do that right now, you've been hearing this preaching and you feel something stirring and you want to give your life to Jesus, now's your chance. You're going to say this prayer and I want everybody to say it with me. Lord, in Jesus' name. I receive you now as my Father, as my Savior, as the Lord of my life. I'm forever yours, and I am saved in Jesus' name. I am bought with a price, and I am forgiven. In your holy name we pray. Everybody said amen. Let's give God some praise. Come on, wherever you are.